Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Great to see all of you here in the building. Great to see all of you online. Uh, it's fun to be in uh, God's presence together and realize like church in the now is just different for a while, isn't it? I mean, some of us are going to be here in the building. Some, I know church is the hottest ticket in town, evidently, because there's no sporting events. So thank you, all of you patient ones who, everyone's rejoicing here because you got one. And thank you for those who, who didn't make it on Monday to register. Uh, some good news for you, whether you're here at home, we are the church together. So I do want to say some uh, good mornings to everyone. Hello, Ennis family. Love you right up here. Isis in the back. We love you. And we got Tina. You're so faithful to be online. And and Mike Doucette, I know your son's pretty awesome. And we got friends from Uganda and uh, friends who moved here from Germany. We love you and thank you for watching. And uh, we have three opportunities. So reminder, whether you're watching this later online or here, uh, next week we start at 9, 10, and 11. And all of that goes up tomorrow morning on Mondays. We'll open it up. And some people have asked, uh, well, I want to, maybe I should come once a month or something to give room for everyone else. That is so like Jesus, but let me just correct your thinking, okay? That's totally the heart of Jesus, but here's what we want. We want to move towards being God's people who get together as often as we feel comfortable, right? So here's the deal. As often as you want to come to church, I would ask you, sign up, come, and we're going to add more gatherings based on your coming. So rather than say, well, I'll just wait, 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 no, sign up. If we know we are filling up by Mondays or Tuesdays, we know to add more. We're not rocket scientists, but we do understand math. All right, so please help me, whether you're watching online or here, we want you here every week and we'll just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And I would say when we're doing a bunch, come to the last one, because it will be amazingly goofy. <laughs> after doing the same message 17 times, which we're not going to that many, but after doing it a bunch, it will just be a riot. All right, so you are here. Uh, and a quick question for you here and online, you're gonna have to chat real quick, so go by your keyboard. I'm just curious, when it comes to food, because I love food, which today we're talking about choices and consequences. All right, if you're offered the option, which do you choose? Is it spicy or is it mild? Okay, I want to know how many here are your spicy option, how many here are your mild? If you're spicy, give me a little wave. Okay, this side, evidently, and a few here. And how many here are like, Mild, mellow, oh, the center, it's weird. You even got your seating in the extremes. Anyway, well, just chime in online to let us know if spicy or mild because there are choices and consequences. If you love it mild and they send it piping hot, what do you do? You give it to your spouse. You just, you give it to somebody else. All right, well, we uh, are gonna talk about more than a choice between whether you like it hot or whether you like it mild. Today's going to be hot because of the way Jesus ends his, his teaching. We've been looking for months now at the way of Jesus, and we've come to the end. This is the final teaching in the series because Jesus is going to end with a crash. Spicy. There's nothing mild about this. And so what we want to do is we want to look at this famous statement from Jesus that's followed by four pictures that really are speaking to this famous statement. And if you read it quickly, you may not realize this is connected, and I need to pay attention. So here, here, if you're with me, open your Bible to Matthew 7, or just it'll be on the screen if you're at home. Matthew 7, we'll start in verse 12, and we're going to read to the end, but I want us to capture what, uh, what Jesus is, is saying. Matthew chapter 7, and we'll start in verse uh, 12. Let's uh, just read it together. So in everything... 
do to others what you would have them do to you, for this is, sums up the law and the prophets. Now, I said we're going to read to the end of the chapter, but I want us to just stay here for a little bit. Some of you have known this or learned this as a kid called the golden rule. I don't know if any of you, when I grew up in our, in our church, we had a little, you know, Bible thing for young kids and they, they would always say, don't forget the golden rule. We had to memorize it. This is the golden rule. I never knew why it was golden. Actually, Google knows everything. Um, this is a famous statement from Jesus that later in life, 200 years after Jesus, it was a Roman emperor, Alexander uh, Severus. He put this statement from Jesus engraved it on his wall in gold. That's what made it the golden rule, evidently. Trivia for church. And it was so powerful. Now, we don't know if he was a Jesus follower or not, but some statements from Jesus have been picked up by people and saying like, man, you want to talk about a great way to live? Do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, great teachers don't just make statements. Great teachers bring it to life. They visualize it. So what we're going to do is we're going to take Jesus at his word. He makes a statement. Here's the best way to live. You want to summarize what he's talking about is what we call the first half of our Bible. How do I know what all this means? You and I, we're called to do to other people, live towards other people in the same way that you want people to live, act, do towards us. And why is this important? And then he's going to give four vivid pictures why living Jesus's way is the best way. And oh, by the way, when we don't live the way of Jesus, it's going to lead to a great crash. More on that towards the end. How do you, how do you know what this means? Well, Jesus later in Matthew's gospel, remember, we don't just have Matthews 5, 6, and 7. Matthew 22, if you want to flip there really quick in your Bible, Matthew 22, Jesus is asked on another occasion, which is the greatest commandment? And notice what Jesus says. He just builds on, do to others what you would have them do to you. Notice, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And notice he doesn't end there. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then that same phrase, all of the prophets, uh, all the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus has been giving this, this great way. What does it mean to live under God's good rule? That's the Sermon on the Mount, the way of Jesus. How do we not just talk about it? How do we live in light of Jesus? And he says, you want to know what it's like? You treat other people like you want to be treated. And it's not just because you're nice. Because later, he expands and says, this comes out of a deep love for God. When we really know God, we will be changed. That's what Jesus is saying. And when we really know Jesus and walk with him, it's going to impact the way we live Monday through Saturday and even on Sunday. We're going to out of our love for God, we're going to see people different. And then when we see them like God sees them, even though my nature is to be selfish, I'm going to choose to be other-centered. When I lean towards greed, I'm going to be generous. When I hold on to bitterness, I'm going to learn to forgive. And it's not just because I'm nice. Jesus is saying, this is how I want you to live. I'm actually going to make it happen in your life. But I really want you to cooperate. 
What Jesus is saying in, in this message to his people is, this is God's heart for you, God's will for you, but will you actually do something about it? And I want to suggest this, if you're really following Jesus, you've already begun to see some transformation in your life. And the more you follow Jesus, the more you live in his way, the more you partner with him, the, le the less you resist him, the more you're going to experience the beautiful thing of what it is to know God and have God work through your life. And I know many of you here, you're already experiencing it, but for some of us, not in the depth that we want to. So Jesus says, do to others what you would have them do to you. All right. What is that? That, in essence, is the good news. Let me just recap Jesus' message in a minute. God created you and I to be with him, right? The story of the Bible is God creating everything, creating men and women in his image, and spending time with them, and them saying, no, we want life our way. And so the good news is that out of God's love, he already provided, before we even knew it, a rescue plan. So God gives us his law, shows us how to live. Do we follow it? Yes or no? No, we don't. We follow it sometimes, but not perfectly. And so God sends his own son. Jesus comes not just to show a new way, but actually to live the right way. Why follow Jesus? Because Jesus always does what's right. He's empowered by the spirit of God. He always keeps the law so that even though we're lawbreakers, because Jesus died in my place, rose again, now he could change us on the inside so that we can be reconnected to the living God and hear me. This is the part we sometimes forget and live the way God intended. Do you know God already knows the best way for you to live? He already knows the best way for me to live. He's not asking for my suggestions. He's laid it out. The question is, and this is why Jesus ends the story here with a great crash. So many people treat Jesus like a fan instead of a follower. They're fans of Jesus. I think people like, generally speaking, whether they follow him or not, they generally like him because so many people have talked about the golden rule. They've, they've taken a few statements from Jesus and like, that's really wise. That's great advice. I'm gonna treat others like I wanna be treated. And that's a good thing to be a fan of what Jesus says. But Jesus is gonna say in these four examples, how that's not enough. It's not enough to like what he says. The call is to actually follow his way and let him do what you cannot do for yourself. So the invitation is for all of us to make a choice followed by choices. And that's what I'm inviting you to do this morning. I'm inviting you to make a choice that's followed by lots of choices, and Jesus is gonna illustrate. All right, let's look at him. You say, okay, what, what do you mean by that? Just think back to what Jesus says next. Notice verse 13. First of the four pictures, they start kind of vague, and then they're gonna get in our face. Verse 13, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life. And this is interesting. Only a few find it. There are two gates and two paths. All of these four illustrations are harping on the same idea. God's heart for us is that we would love him with everything. And because we love him and we know him, we're empowered to love people like he does, right? But that's going to require something. It's going to require a real choice. Now, there, the, the gate 
and path analogy, if you read the first part of the Bible, is so familiar. It comes up in Proverbs and Psalms and all over the place. In Jewish thinking, and Jesus was in a Jewish community, the idea of there's multiple paths and there's wisdom on one path and there's folly or destruction or trouble on the other. And the call of the Bible has always been, follow the good path. Here's the twist where Jesus comes in. A gate helps you to enter the, the road or the path. And Jesus says, I'm the gate. The, he's implying to love God with all of your heart and like all your mind and to love your neighbor as, as yourself is gonna require him. Jesus is saying, I am the gate. I'm the pathway to this road that leads to life. But I'm not the only pathway and I'm not the only gate. Wide is the path, wide is the gate, that leads to destruction. So without overharping the visual, what's at stake? Let's think about this for a second. Everything, everything. So to say that following Jesus is important is to say following Jesus is all or nothing. Because he says, there is a gate, small. Most people who heard this didn't end up following Jesus to the end. Many people who've read the words of Jesus actually haven't followed him. Narrow is this pathway. It's not impossible. Jesus isn't saying God's hiding it. He's actually made it really clear. But he is saying for whatever reason, some people don't make the choice that leads to lots of choices that lead to life. So what's at stake? Only your entire world. Life, destruction, now, I told you, Jesus isn't mild. Like, I'm sorry for you mild people. Like, Jesus is kind of spicy here because he's saying, I'm not offering suggestions. I'm offering God in the flesh. I've come to lead you on the path of life. The question is, will you make the choice to go on the narrow path or will you make the choice to do your own thing, which is wide and broad and everyone's going to love you for it and in the end doesn't lead you to life. All right, that's the first one. That's easy. And that's like, all right, gate, path, I don't get it. Move on. Let's do it. Verse 15. Now it gets a little closer to home. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. So everyone in their day would want to look up to leadership and follow people who are teaching God's way. And Jesus is saying, not everyone who says they're following me is actually following me. Notice, by their fruit, you'll recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Evidently, they don't. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Oh, by the way, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit, notice the warning, it's cut down and it's thrown into the fire. Thus, by they, their fruit, you will recognize them. Okay, so before it was just like this, this gate and this road. It's kind of obscure, but there's a choice to make. You need to follow God in his narrow path. His narrow path and the narrow gate is to follow Jesus. He's making it emphatic. He's just using visuals because he's a great teacher. But now he's like, there's a lot of people who are going to offer alternatives. In the city of Portland where we live, is there one way to live? No, it's like, well, your way. Like, and your way is cool and my way is cool. Just don't say that my way isn't cool. 
Anyone, everyone, find your own way. As a matter of fact, we celebrate that. It's like the Northwest, the pioneer spirit. And what, what, what we want is to find our best version of the way. And Jesus says, okay, there are going to be lots of people suggesting they know what they're talking about when it comes to God and life. And here's, here's what wise people are going to do. They're going to come to me, says Jesus, the narrow gate, the narrow path. And then they're going to use what I say as the grid by which we evaluate everyone's way. And by the way, everyone's ideas don't lead to fruitful living. Would you agree? Some mindsets are just not healthy, not good. And some just contradict the way of Jesus. And so he says, my people, they're going to come to me and I'm going to rescue them, right? His death and resurrection. And then I'm going to give them the ability to choose what they listen to and how to live their life. And Jesus is saying, oh, you want to really thrive in life? Watch out for bad fruit. My followers are going to listen to what's going on in the culture, and they're going to choose to follow me and my path, even when it contradicts someone else. And here's why this is important. Notice it gets spicy. Jesus says, in the end, those who don't bear good fruit, and again, he's not talking about what we eat. He's talking about a way of living and a way of thinking. Whatever they think or whatever they teach, it's going to be cut down. In the end, there was going to be an accounting. And in the end, all roads don't lead to the same place. Just drive somewhere. Like literally just get on the road and drive. And if you go south on I-5, you will not end up on the Canadian border. Like, right? You go south on I-5 and you may hit Mexico. Now we're Americans right now. We can't go anywhere. You're stuck. We're all stuck here, okay? We're all, in the, we're all in our country. No one's going anywhere. But all roads do not lead to the same place. And Jesus is saying, my way is the way that leads to life and it's gonna bear good fruit in your life. And if you actually follow me and you resist thoughts, ideas, ways of living, suggestions that are contrary, guess what? You're not gonna be cut off. You're gonna bear fruit. Isn't that good news? You and I, our life is gonna bear good fruit. Now, it doesn't mean it will always be easy, does it? No, because if you just keep on going, look at what Jesus says next. Now, what we know is that that there's, there's two choices here, right? There's two types of trees, there's two types of fruit, and you have to decide. So following Jesus is all in. You're either with him, or you're not. Now, it doesn't mean you've got it all figured out. Hear me. Don't, don't mishear what I'm saying. Like, well, I'm tuning this off. He's turning up the heat here. Yes, the heat is going up because Jesus is, is putting up the heat. Doesn't mean we have it all figured out. Doesn't mean we're actually living into it. When Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, how many are doing that all the time? We're just not. Okay, we're not. He's not saying we got it perfect, got it together. But he is saying, My followers are all in that my way is the right way and they're with me. And they're going to actually allow me to reshape how they live rather than just saying, I'm going to do what I want, but I'm a fan of Jesus. And I'm going to quote a verse when it's convenient. And I'm going to sing a song when my friends are listening. And I'm going to casually, no, those who actually live this life, are all in. Not according to me, according to Jesus. Well, we had a gate, and then we had like teachers. And then let's just see what the third visual, verse 21, just follow along with me. Not everyone who says to me, because it gets really personal, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 
Now, if, if you ever thought you could get convicted by something Jesus said, here it is. Underline all of verse 22. Many will say, many, many, a few, no, many are going to say to me on that day, the day where our life is over and we stand before our creator, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? I just did a curiosity online or here. How many of you have done all of those on the list so far? Cast out demons, miracles, prophesy. Okay, so, so he's not talking about casual people here. He's going to say, many, I say, I did these things, verse 23, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evil doers. Now, what's evil about doing miracles? That seems kind of nice. Speaking in, in Jesus' name, that sounds kind of nice. Getting rid of evil forces, de demons. How many would say that's a, that's a kind of a good thing? So these are outwardly good people. Notice how it gets closer to home. There's a gate and a path. Are you going to follow me? Oh, there are other teachers leading you and guiding you. Who are you going to listen to? Whose voice is the loudest voice in your world? Who are you really going to follow when your teacher's saying it's okay to do this, when your friends are saying it's okay to do that, when everyone around you in the culture is saying, do whatever you want, live your best version of you, and anyone who tells you otherwise is a religious bigot. Are you going to listen to them? Or are you going to follow the way of Jesus who says, there's a way to thrive. God first. I love God. And because I love God, I live for God. And because I live for God, I love people. We're going to have to choose. But all that seems like out there. Now notice it's like first person. Now Jesus is going to say to them, I never knew you. You want to have a nightmare? Meditate on that verse before going to bed at night. I never knew you. I never, away from me. There are those who seemingly, and he's using extreme language. Notice he didn't give a name of someone. He's like, Tim, I never knew you. Ah, you know, he's just, just saying, I'm going to speak to those who look, hear me, look like they're following. They look like they're, they're really spiritual. They look like they're actually effective. They look like they're leaders. And Jesus is saying, that doesn't qualify you. Do you notice how Jesus is turning up the heat about how important he is? Hear me, don't get frustrated by me. Jesus is saying, he's everything. And he's saying, his way of living is about a choice that leads to lots of other choices. And so this morning, I want you to think about the choice, and then I want you to think about lots of other choices. What are those? I will get to that. Let's just, let's just look at the final picture, verse 24, because now he really just cranks up the heat, and then there's the crash that we were talking about. Verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man or a wise person who built their house on the rock. I've, I've heard this since I was a kid. We even sang about it. I remember that the rains came down. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it didn't fall. Why? It had its foundation on the rock. But look at the alternative. Everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice choices is like a foolish person who built their house on sand and the rains came down, streams rose up, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. So, so we've had two gates and, and two different roads. We had two different 
two different kinds of teaching, two different kinds of mental ways of living. We have two different kinds of like fruitfulness. There's good fruit, there's bad fruit. Two different ways that you're, you're either known or you're unknown. And now two houses or really two foundations. Now I've, I've been to Israel just one time, but we, we went to the Sea of Galilee, Galilee and it kind of made sense. At the Sea of Galilee, the sand, most of the time, it's, I mean, it's desert. Most of the time, the sand by the Sea of Galilee is like super rock hard. Okay, so if I'm a novice, what I'm going to do, if I'm going to build a house, you want a strong foundation. And everyone here, because he's probably by the Sea of Galilee, everyone gets the visual. You don't think about the strength of your foundation, right, for most of the year. It's not till the rainy season, which is really, really short in Israel. It's so hard packed. I can build my house by the Sea of Galilee. No problem. My house is going to stand. But when the rains come, because it's so infrequent, it could feel like a flash flood and the rain goes from the streams and from the rivers down into the sea. And what's going to happen is it's very quickly going to take that brick hard foundation and erode it and you're going to wobble. And what Jesus is saying is for them, they had to dig sometimes up to 10 feet to find the bedrock. And that's where you, so you could be by the sand, sand's okay, but you actually want to find the bedrock build the foundation of your house, build your frame. So when all that water comes, it's not going to shake you. And Jesus is not talking about construction and he could care less whether you have a daylight basement or not. He's not, he's not, he's talking about our life. Have we really considered where our decision-making really comes from? And it comes from how we think and how we feel and how we process Everything that goes around us. And Jesus is saying, I have the way. Build your life on me and what I say. And guess what? Life will be hard. Notice how rain comes to the good house and the troubling house. Look, trouble comes to everybody. Especially, I just applaud those of you who've taken the steps of faith to start to get together again. There's a lot of fear behind your choice even to come here today. And for those of you at home, you know, there's fear behind having to wait till Tuesday to get a ticket. And, and you, maybe you're saying, I'm not ready for all this yet. That's totally cool. There's lots of fear. I mean, as a matter of fact, fear and anxiety is just dripping everywhere, isn't it? Do we go back to class? Do we ever go back to a work environment the way we used to? Do I trust anybody? Do I literally trust? Is, is someone else going to unknowingly, unpurposely make me ill? We are at probably one of the weirdest times in human history because it's usually it was over there. And guess where there is? Here. Here is there. We're all in crisis mode. And look, for anyone trying to raise anyone at this time, God bless you. Trying to lead yourself from being anxious and troubled and frightened is hard. And then trying to lead others. My gosh, this is so hard. And you know what I think it's exposed? It's exposed how we really think and how we really feel and what we really value. So while this is terrible, the timing to listen to Jesus' words is ridiculously good. Where is your life? Really? What are you really living for? Who are you really living for? What do you really value? Where is Jesus fit in all that? And it's Sunday, so it's game day. Are you a fan of Jesus? Is he like a good, 
nice, loving coach. Jesus is my life coach. Well, hopefully he's coaching your life, but if all he is is your life coach, then your foundation is built on sand that will erode. What Jesus is saying is, I, I'm calling you to follow. Follow me, says Jesus. And I wonder if we hear it. Now, look at the last verse, because the last verse is supposed to ring in our ears and make us mad. Jesus isn't about the happy ending always. Look at what it says. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. And guess what? The house ended with a great crash. Now, Matthew gives a little thing, like people were amazed by him. That's where Jesus' words end. And you could almost, it's super echoey on the Sea of Galilee, so let's just assume he's there and they're out on the mountainside. A great crash! And then Jesus, I think he just walks away, drop the mic, pre-mic. He just, he just like, he's just, he walks away and gets in the boat. And I think, the Bible doesn't say, I think he just leaves them there. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about everything I just said. I want you to think about the value of life and the opportunity you have to partner with God on the direction of your life. And so Jesus is not interested in in simply doing to others as you would have them do to you to show how nice you are. We're not that nice. This pandemic has exposed how not nice I am, and how not nice you are, and I'm not pointing the finger, I'm just pointing the finger, you're not that nice. And I, neither am I. But I know the Savior. So this is the good news for us. We're called to make the choice that leads to other choices because following Jesus is all or nothing. Either you are, or you're following yourself, or your friend, or your philosophy teacher, or your, for most, my eclectic mix of patchwork thinking. Whatever is convenient for me and the people that I love, that's what I follow. And Jesus is saying, there's a great way, there's my way, follow me. So we have to end with the tone of Jesus, and Jesus cranks up the heat. The people listening, it fell with a great crash. I wonder, and one day in eternity we'll know, how many who actually heard this went on and followed Jesus? How many? Well, how many showed up when Jesus was feeding them? <laughs> Everyone comes, wants to come to Jesus' barbecue, right? Everyone, when he's doling out miracles, when he's doling out food, everyone's into Jesus. But when Jesus says, you have to eat my, eat my body, my flesh and drink my blood. Everyone runs away because like Jesus is a freak. Are we really following? And this is a, a poignant message in our day. Jesus is not saying you can't follow. He's actually saying, I'm hoping you will. Because if not, to not follow Jesus means to end with a crash. And here's the most disturbing news. Many people humanly are not following Jesus die wealthy, have universities named after them, leave this legacy of money and good works, and Jesus, unfortunately, will tell them, I never knew you, and everyone loved you, but you ignored me. Worse, you rejected me away from me. Whew. That's heat. 
So have you made the choice? What's the choice? Jesus said, follow me. And if you will follow Jesus, and that is, Jesus has done everything. He came, he died in our place. He paid for our sin debt in full. He rose again, he's alive. He's ruling the universe. He's above COVID, by the way. He's ruling the universe. And now he's saying, will any of you listen and actually receive the gift of life? And those who receive the gift of life make the choice. Guess what? Get to make the choices to follow him all the time. And so we need to get both. Bluntly, are you actually a follower of Jesus? Or are you right now like more enamored by him, intrigued by him? If you are, can I just say, make the decision first not to know everything. Make the decision to follow him. And then guess what? He will be your teacher. He'll be your guide. He'll be your everything. He'll be your strength. He'll be your reward. He'll be everything for you. But you need to follow and walk through the narrow gate. And the narrow gate is Jesus. I hope that you would make that right now. And so what we're going to do is in a moment, we're going to invite you to make that decision to fully follow Jesus for real. But then for the rest of us, here's where it still gets cutting. Are we following Jesus now? Like I made the choice to follow Jesus then, but are you following him now? Because the word about the great crash is for those who, who, who didn't really do what he says. Those who hear my words, and what did he say? Put them into practice. Following Jesus isn't an occasional thing. It's not a once thing. It's an everyday thing. So the invitation for the rest of us is to evaluate my life and say, Jesus, where are the areas where I, I am not putting into practice? And guess what? He already knows them. Man, he's got a customized action plan for everyone in this room, and everyone watching online. He knows exactly your pressure points. He knows my stumblings. He knows my weaknesses. And he's got grace for all of them. Grace to forgive and actually grace to empower me to stop doing the same old thing. Jesus is that loving and he's that wonderful and he's saying, follow me. So this morning, two decisions that we need to make and I'm gonna invite you to make the first one now. And then when you walk out of here, we'll know because God knows the story of our life, whether you pick up on the decision to daily follow him. I can't answer that for you. But let's start at the beginning. I'm gonna invite you, if you're here, uh, if you would, just put your Bible to the side for just a second or your phone, get away from the distractions. I'm gonna invite you, if you're here, if you're at home, you don't have to do this, but here, if you just close your eyes because I'm not here to put anyone on the spot, but I do wanna know, I do wanna know where you're at. To hear the words of Jesus and the invitation and to not do anything about it is to actually reject it. But if we'll hear his words, and, and his words to you are, I want to rescue you. I know your stuff, but I'm bigger and I'm more, and I did everything to bring you back. Follow me. I'm gonna invite you even now. So if you're watching at home, when we pray in a moment, uh, you can respond. And there's a box that's gonna come up on the side, and all you need to do is click on that box that says, yes, today I wanna follow Jesus. But if you're here this morning, let's pray. And as we do, let's search our own soul. This morning, if you're here, before we pray, and you know, I have, when I walked in, I can't honestly say I was following Jesus, but I want to. I like, I actually want to. No one else looking around. If that's you here this morning, say today, Jose, no joke, I'm serious. I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to look me in the eye. The rest of you shouldn't be. Just look me in the eye just so I can know this is for you. For those of you who are watching online, all you need to do is just click the, the box and one of our friends can connect with you in a chat. This is serious business. 
Today's the invitation to follow Jesus. And I ask you to make that decision now. Now, if you're looking at me, that just simply means you want to follow him. So let's all pray together. I'm going to pray out loud. You can whisper it in your own soul. God knows the heart, right? He knows the heart. God, thank you for loving me. I'll give you space to pray in your own way. Today, I confess that I am a sinner. But Jesus, believe, I believe that you are a savior. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, show me the path. Jesus, guide me in your way. Jesus, I want to follow you. Amen. It doesn't take fancy words. God knows the heart. But out of the heart we believe and out of the mouth we just say what we believe. And today, this morning, if you say, I want to be a follower of Jesus, if you're here um, on your way out, you say, what do I do next? Here's what I want you to do. One of my friends is going to be at that connect table. You can connect for any reason, but if you, if you said today, I want to follow Jesus, I wrote a little booklet called Good News Today and Tomorrow. And we just want to put this in your hands. It has seven short chapters on what that means to actually follow the way of Jesus. And hopefully it'll help you get started. If you're online and you just clicked, yes, I want to follow Jesus. We will get this to you as you chat with one of our friends. But for the most of us, I think we've done that. Yet the invitation as we sing and respond with communion is to say, will I go out of here and actually put what Jesus is teaching me into practice? Will I just be a listener or I be a listener and a doer? Friend, build your life on the words of Jesus by actually doing what he says. Amen? Lord, we respond now with our hearts surrendered. We, we are not who we want to be. We confess that. But Lord, because of you, we are transformed. We're children of God. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We belong to you. We're in your family. And now we want to live as your representatives here on earth. Holy Spirit of God, as we respond with singing and worship to you, will you transform the way we think and the way we feel so that we can actually live the way of Jesus, not just talk about it. And I know that's your heart's desire. So may your kingdom come and your will be done in my life, in our lives, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say it with me. Amen. Amen. Let's respond in worship as Ryan leads us.